In this episode, we're going to talk about our personal experience in therapy, as well as give a brief overview of the different kinds of therapy available. Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Allie. And this is Uncooked Uncooked Conversations. Conversations. Where we talk about life, family, business, and everything in between. Well, hello everyone. We are glad you're joining us today. And we hope that you are staying well and staying at least mildly sane if you're still stuck inside. And if you're not, take a breath of fresh air and enjoy the freedom. And if you're parents and you're stuck at home with your kids, we feel you. Well, so we did something very exciting this week. Actually, two very significant things happened for the podcast this week. I literally have no idea what they are. Yes, you do. Oh, do I? You do. Oh, I do have an idea. And tell us what they are. Oh, God. Uh, We had a podcast baby? What? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be like if my podcast, not your podcast, and I got together. So it's like a story-driven therapy podcast. (laughs) Um, So we made a logo? Yeah, pretty close. Our podcast art got completed. Which basically contains the logo. So, yes, we made the final approval on our podcast art this week, which is so exciting. And I'm so excited about how it looks. I'm, Which feels weird because the podcast logo is on the first episode, Mm -hmm. which is four episodes ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that happened this week in real time. So, you know, if that makes your head spin, good. (laughs) And then the other really exciting thing for our podcast is... It's on Apple iTunes, and I don't know, maybe some other places now. Did you check Stitcher anywhere else? and... Did you check them? Uh, Spotify, you it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And Apple. And I think Google Play is still in the works at this precise moment. But hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, it will be... So for us, mm-hmm. it just happened. For you, it happened weeks ago. <laughs> Or months ago, depending on when you find the podcast. Yeah, it just, it feels so good and so real now. Our very first episode that we recorded was like, oh, we're stuck at home. Let's just throw on headphones and just start talking and see. It was like that for her. It wasn't like that for me because I had to set everything up, (laughs) make sure everything worked, have all the equipment set up perfectly for her. (laughs) Well, I guess- Just throw this, let's just throw together a podcast. I guess what I mean is like our first episode was like we had thought about doing the podcast like months ago and had talked about it here and there, but we just kind of pulled the trigger super randomly. It wasn't this like well thought out, we're going to like sit down at this time on this day and record a podcast. It was like, it was very spur of the moment. My podcasts are much more planned. I'm like, okay, I got five people coming on Thursday at 730. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so for that one, it's like we just sat down and we did it. And then we just sent it to the editor and we're just like the editor Paul's already been using for his podcasts. And we're just like, oh, let's just see if anything good comes of it. You know, I listened back to the first one and I was like, oh, this is actually not so bad. And then I just wanted to run with it. I was so excited. Hired a graphic designer. Yeah, I had I hired a graphic designer and we started working on brand concepts and, and logo ideas Speaking and of, colors. Speaking of, I've got to cancel that uh, other subscription for hosting. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> we picked out like a hosting platform and then we like, schedule or yeah we recorded two more podcasts and we were like more intentional about those so it's a big deal like yeah. our podcast is live obviously because you're listening to it and we're really excited about that so thank you for listening and we're so excited yay 
Yay! Woohoo! Leave us a review. If you feel like it's a five star, give us five stars. I've heard. If you feel like it's a one star, give us a five star anyway. <laughs> I mean, you can do it. What is it? What, you know, it doesn't hurt you at all. It's not going to hurt you. It'll just help us, you know? <laughs> but I have heard that the reviews are the things that help push podcasts forward as opposed to just the ratings. Yes. Please leave a review and say the things that you like about the show mm-hmm. so that people, when they're looking, will go, oh, this person likes it. This random internet troll. <laughs> Maybe I'll like it too. Yep. Also, you can DM us if you want to talk about mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, or just send us a private message or give us ideas of things you that's would like DM to hear in the future. Means. Well, I know. Oh. Yeah, so that's super fun news. Any other fun updates? I have other podcasts that are starting to get edited, which I'm really excited about. Actually, I finalized the um, the intro for my podcast called Mage World, which is going to be exclusively on my Patreon. Nice. So if you're interested in cool stories like sort of Harry Potter magicians-esque stories, it's going to be on my Patreon. There you, you can go. Get it for five bucks a month. Nice. This could be your ad. Kermit D. Frog here. This episode is sponsored by Therapy. If you don't think you need it, you need it more. Well, actually, what I'd love to start with is like why I chose the topic for tonight. Okay. And then. Well, let me ask you why did you choose the topic therapy for tonight? Because clearly you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this episode was much more my brainchild. And the reason is I actually had a friend text me earlier this week and she was asking several questions around therapy for herself and her, you know, her family and everything and just had questions of like what kind of like counselor to find and you know, should we do individual or couples and you know, what do you think about having like a faith-based counselor versus, you know, just a quote unquote, regular therapist. And I thought it was just, you know, I I answered her back in a super long Marco Polo message. And as I was answering her back, I realized I'm like, you know, this is actually a pretty interesting topic. And I think because you and I have had a lot of experience with therapy this past year, I just thought it'd be a cool topic to talk about since a lot of what we talk about integrates a lot of therapy ideas ideas and we always kind of mention it. I'm like, why not just tackle it? I think that's great. You know, ever since we've been going to therapy, I'm like a therapy evangelist. So (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. I think you and I both are very like big advocates for therapy. Yeah. It's interesting. And I don't know if you want to go into this at all, but sort of the stigmas of therapy. Mm -hmm. For me, before we started therapy, like I never would have thought I would ever go to therapy because in my mind, therapy was for people that were like, like really messed up. And so when we started going to uh, our counselor, well, the first one was, I was like, okay, this is cool. And it actually like within the first probably two or three sessions, I got like, you know, a pretty big revelation and breakthrough and just felt so much better. I was like, oh, this is what therapy is about. I like this. So. Like uh, I kind of grew up evangelical Christian, kind of like non-denominational or whatever. And there's just this really like kind of impressed idea of everyone has to have it all together. And then I went through like series of other things that also kind of impressed that upon me. And then in my family life at home, I also got that impression. And so like every direction is saying like, you have to have it all together. And so I kind of like lived that way and kept everything inside and just tried to like hold it all together. I got to hold it all in, got to, you know, be okay. And when we started going to this new therapist and the first time, I don't think it like hit me as hard 
Um, but then the second time, you know, we started going to couples counseling and also I started going um, by myself. And I, it's when I really started to be aware of like all of this emotions and anger and sadness and all of these things that were inside of me that were literally like years of backlogs. And it was just scary. Like I had no idea how to handle it. And, you know, it was coming out in my, my relationship with you and with Asher, our oldest son. And I just, I felt kind of scared and like, and frustrated and like, I, I wanted to be different. That's so huge. I mean, even the idea alone, I just want to sit on that for a minute of like, it is okay to have feelings and to have bad feelings and to have the multitude of feelings that we have the sadness, the depression, the anger, the frustration, the like the extreme things, but as well as the joy and the love. And I feel like the more you can embrace the heavier, harder things, the more you're able to really feel the positive things that you want to feel. I mean, I wasn't feeling super happy for a long time. And I would say I do. I feel like a lot happier and more engaged and connected now. And so obviously all this stuff kind of culminates in me going like, man, everybody needs this. Like Mm -hmm. everybody should be able to have these skills and stuff. And, you know, some people are lucky and their parents are emotionally intelligent and actually teach them how to manage their emotions and not just crush them. But Um, the majority of people truly don't. Right. And you don't. don't just have to come from a divorced home or something with like substance abuse or like the really intense traumas, though we both have some of that in our history. Even a, an intact family can yeah. have unhealthy emotional grid. Relationship. Yeah, relationship. With their emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of what I've learned through therapy is, mm-hmm. is how to have a more healthy relationship with my emotions. When I get angry, not hating myself for getting angry, mm-hmm. but being able to go, okay, this feeling is a feeling. It's normal. It's information. It's telling me something. I'm uncomfortable or it's telling me I'm hurt or it's telling me whatever. How do I sit with it? How do I figure out what it's telling me? How do I let it come through me so it's not like stuck inside of me, mm. making me sick essentially, you know, either physically or emotionally? So for you, it sounds like it was this experience of like, you know, you had a lot of stigma against therapy initially, but mm-hmm. then you had act, like experience with a good therapist. And we'll talk right. more about that later, but you had experience with a good therapist. And over time, you were just seeing the fruit of that experience and the impact it was having on your life all the way around. And also, we were going through kind of a hard time in our relationship, Mm -hmm. too. And I mean, both before we went to LA and then after all the sessions we had as a couple, I feel like even if they were really hard, they like ended up really helping us to connect. Mm -hmm. And we were having a hard time connecting because of just some of the traumas we were causing each other. Yeah. Because of the traumas we already had. Yeah. (laughs) And I think about traumas. Yeah. And I there was something (laughs) I remember an individual session I had like months and months and months ago when I was still really struggling with like some feelings that I was having toward you that were really difficult. And you know, I, I asked our therapist, I'm like, you know, what, like, why, why do I feel like this? And, you know, therapists are never, like, hardly ever will answer your question directly. But she said something to the effect of, it seems that you both have your, 
your histories that are interacting with each other and that it may not be as much of a present issue thing as much as it is like a, you know, your whole history of trauma interacting. Yeah. And I think that was a really key realization for me in that moment because like that really illuminated my eyes to see that a lot of our present experiences and and troubles with other people it's not about what's really happening right here right now it's about what happened when we were two when we were 15 you know whatever age and a trauma came in or some kind of belief like negative belief about ourselves or about our emotions or how the world works yeah and so that's the thing that's influencing the present day tension yeah totally And also, you know, we talk a lot about being triggered or like our Mm -hmm. hypoarousal, these different terms, but they all essentially kind of what it reflects in my mind is like it's PTSD, Mm. you know, it's like, like we have these hidden traumas, these little landmines and like either in our relationship or other people are are accidentally stepping on these things, they go off and it's like all of this pain or anger or sadness or whatever is in us. And suddenly we're reacting to that huge, you know, pain instead of like this tiny, you know, I mean, still could be a a problem in the relationship, but it's usually pretty insignificant, but it's just like, oh my gosh, all of this pain. Mm -hmm. How could you cause me all of this pain? But it's like, you didn't cause me this pain. Like right. literally this is my 36 years of pain that didn't get addressed. <laughs> right. You know, and like all of a sudden now I know where it is. So yep. great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for showing me where my traumas are so oh, that I can get rid of them. You're so welcome. So Anytime. that they can be healed and I can be whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. So at the beginning we were talking about us both being advocates for therapy. Why are you an advocate? My experience with therapy um, dates back to when I was growing up. Um, We did a little bit of family therapy um, when I was like, I don't know, maybe like a young teenager or something. And and then I went individually for a while as well. And so I think for me, um, I never really had a stigma around therapy because I was introduced to it at a younger age and it was beneficial to me at that time. Um, so I was actually very like, like wanting to go to therapy way earlier in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was, that was a hard, hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it took a while. I, I, I wish I would have gone so much sooner. <laughs> Guys, just go. Just, just go. Yeah. And so like, I didn't really have much of the stigma, but I also, um, I always thought it was good and liked it, but I, I hadn't pushed to go up until we were hitting some really difficult times relationally in our marriage a couple years ago. I was also very frugal and the idea of paying people yeah. to tell me what my problems were. I'm mm-hmm. like, I know what my problems are. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a hard thing. I, yeah. I think I probably would have pushed to go sooner if we had more money at the time. Yeah. So check out the show notes below. Um, we're, we're going to link for you some resources for some more affordable therapy um, some resources we've used as well as things that we've heard about. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think I just had a lot of good experiences with therapy, but I think in particular, since going to therapy this past year and having such a positive experience with our therapist and all of the transformation I've experienced, um, I am like 
more of an advocate than ever before for therapy. But I think, and and this is something I want to talk about later, but it's about, like, I think part of it is because we found a really great therapist for us that has the kind of training and credentials that that we needed that were a good match for us and the kind of like personality match as well. And then I think also just the commitment to continue going, even when it feels like I don't want to go. Yeah. It's like the more that I've gone, the more I've realized I need, like I need that kind of support, especially in the season of, of life with two young kids and, you know, all the stresses we have going on. It's so nice to have, just that safe container. And, you know, so whether you find, whether you find an official licensed therapist or a coach or like a, a mentor kind of person to confide in, just having somebody whose job it is to have a very one-sided relationship where you can just be like, blah, this is everything that's going on inside. And like, they're not expecting you to reciprocate or anything. Mm. It's like, they're just there for you as like support for you. And like kind of like a parent. Like who who doesn't want that kind of thing? Right. And who wouldn't benefit from that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am an advocate for therapy just because I know that it works and I know that it helps. And I also believe that most everybody has some form of trauma and issues in their life. And I think the world would be a better place if we all got a little bit more help. Yeah, that's a really good way to look look at it. It's interesting too, like how kind of coming from a Christian background, how against therapy I was, Hmm. but it says right in the Bible that the wise man surrounds himself with many counselors. Mm. What are those counselors doing? They're listening to him and reflecting back what he's going through. They're giving him wisdom and advice so that he can have the fullest life possible and make really good decisions. But we, for some reason, feel like oh, well, we can only listen to people that have this perspective or that are like this or whatever. And I think that that really blocks us from having the fullness of wisdom, Mm. you know, and like, obviously, we've received a lot of benefit from therapy and counseling. So what would you say are the top three ways that you have changed since beginning therapy, whether you're counting couples therapy or individual? So I think like a big change for me has been being able to sit with your emotions. Mm. From the beginning of our relationship, I was really kind of trying to almost be like a robot, like try to only feel just happiness or whatever. And like what I ended up doing was feeling very little at all, but it made me not be able to receive your emotions very well. And that was, you know, that was obviously it was a sucky time in our relationship and a big part of why we needed counseling. (laughs) Uh, But so that, that transformation was very, I think, profound Um, just being able to hear you and be a safe place and receive you. And I think for Asher as well and myself, like being Mm -hmm. able to receive myself as like, okay, I have an emotion right now and it's okay. And like sitting with that and giving myself space as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Other things, I think uh, kind of my relationship with myself you know, we've we've talked and learned a bit about uh, kind of dealing with our our younger selves. Reparenting. Reparenting, that's what it's called, yeah. And I haven't done it a whole lot, but just like being aware that there is a 
you know, a two, a five, a 10 year old, a 16 year old Paul that didn't receive something he needed that I can kind of tell him like, Hey, like you are this, you do have this, you need this. Like I do love you this way and uh, be able to like really give myself those things, you know, and also in our relationship as well. What about you? What, what are the three things that either you're most proud of, or you think are like the most impactful uh, changes that you've received from counseling. <laughs> One thing that's popping into my head right now is my ability to, and I think these things kind of all go hand in hand, but my ability to set more clear boundaries and to, and to say my boundaries. I think that before I felt like I kind of knew what my boundaries were and needed to be, but I couldn't say them and like mm. share them. And I think that goes hand in hand with saying my needs mm. and expressing what my needs are, but not out of emotion. Cause that's what would happen a lot before where I would have a need, but it was tied in with like a deep emotion and then it would come out and it would feel very overwhelming for you. And I feel like I am so much better now at being able to, like, I feel the emotion, but then I look internally. I'm like, okay, what is the need that's not getting met here that's attached to this? And I'm kind of able to separate those two things before I communicate to you. So I can say, hey, like, this is what my need is right now. And sure, I'm feeling the emotion, but it's not like tied to what I'm saying. So I'm not like spewing, like, I need this. And Mm -hmm. so I think kind of the being able to express my needs clearly, but also state what my boundaries are, like what I can and can't do, which partners with like needs because it's like protecting my own sense of safety and like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just like protecting. Self. Yeah, like my sense of self, my sense of like my energy, my time, my emotions, like all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a lot more aware of like where I end and you begin. Mm. I think another big one is validating myself, Mm. which, man, I did not realize how much I struggled with that even a year ago Mm. where I would have a feeling or have a thought and I just like I had to look outside of myself because I didn't trust myself. And so when you were talking about like your relationship with yourself is a really big one that's been changing. I mean... Likewise, for me, I feel like I've just almost for the first time been getting to know myself and, you know, where I've, I've looked to the outside for the, basically my whole life, we'll just say for who I am and to like validate me and to validate my emotions and all that. And like, we still need that. I'm not, you know. External validation has its value. Yes. I mean, we're social creatures. We're wired that way. But we also have to be able to give it to ourselves. Right. And without that, your inner self feels really weak. Yeah. And so you you don't feel like you can stand strong in your own decisions and you don't feel like you can trust the decisions that you make. And so I think I've just come to a new level of of trust in myself and trusting what I'm feeling and like and validating even that my feelings are okay. Because, yeah. you know, I I do feel deeply and I feel intensely about things. I, I feel like the depths of, of the pain in situations, but I also feel a lot of the bright side of things. 
But I think like in those deep feelings, I definitely would judge myself so much. It was like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling all this. And, you know, now it's much more like, you know, I wasn't helping either. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. I think the other thing is self-expression. That's a more recent one that I've been really connecting in a lot more with my artistic self. And our therapist has been encouraging me and to do some paintings because I've, you know, been expressing how much I've been enjoying painting. And so she, you know, gave me a couple painting assignments and I've just loved it. And like poetry has been coming out and not music, surprisingly, but dancing, poetry, art, sculpting, like I'm just feeling more creative and I feel like I'm able to let my creativity out and like I have space for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Of course. We're going to go into this in just a minute, but what about like in our relationship? Because I know that's a big one for people is like, I I feel like a lot of times it's, it's a distressed relationship that often brings people into counseling. And I know for us, that was the case. Like Mm -hmm. we were feeling a lot of distress in our relationship, which then led us to the individual counseling. And I, I guess you already touched a little bit on like the counseling you've done that's affected our relationship. Oh, yeah. But what would you say, like, you pick one and I pick one. Like, what's one of the best outcomes for our relationship thus far? I mean, definitely for me, it's being able to sit with your emotions Mm -hmm. and, like, with your feelings and Mm -hmm. validate you. Yeah, because I was just so judgmental of my own feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. that I just couldn't receive yours. And I also didn't know what to do with my own. And so, like when I would feel your emotions, it would bring my emotions up. And Mm -hmm. I just have all of these emotions too that I didn't know how to deal with. And it made me feel really bad. And so Mm -hmm. then I would like be like, no, you can't have emotions because I don't want them. Go down, go away emotions. So what's been the outcome then for like conflicts that we get into because of that? Oh my gosh. It's just, it's night and day. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, because before you would have a feeling like, and it's not necessarily like it was something wrong with me, just like, you know, something made you feel bad. And I, and like, I would feel triggered by the fact that you were feeling. Mm -hmm. And then it would make me want to like disavow your feelings so that I didn't have to feel. Mm -hmm. And it it was just, it created a cycle. Um, One of the things you learn a lot in therapy is just like all these cycles and some books call them dances, some call them the horsemen, some call them whatever else. But we would just continuously be in these cycles of where you'd have a feeling, I would get triggered, I would try to crush your feeling, that would shut you down and then you would feel bad and then we would kind of do this dance and i hated that and i'm Mm -hmm. like now we're like oh wait i'm just a second i want to receive your feelings i'm having a feeling too Mm -hmm. it's a little overwhelming i just need a second our arguments are so hilarious to me sometimes i guess they're not really arguments at this point they're like moments i mean we definitely have like actual arguments still but like once we kind of get out of that negativity, it's just funny to me listening to like kind of this tension of like, well, I'm sensing that you're this and this is what I'm feeling and I was getting triggered this and like, well, I, you know, just, it's, it's great though. Yeah. It's great. Well, we have words. Yes. You know, we've learned words. We've learned, uh, I think a big part of it is um, self-awareness. Yeah. And so that makes our our relationship so much easier mm-hmm. what about you what what's that one thing that that one magical thing that makes our relationship better yeah i mean i i guess i don't want to like beat a dead horse but 
I think feeling more understood and feeling more accepted for who I am mm. and like for like not feeling like my emotions are some evil wrong thing in our relationship that need to get like fixed and stomped out. Sure. But it's like. So your favorite outcome is the same as my favorite. Outcome. <laughs> well, but just in a different way, like <laughs> my experience is like, I am feeling more accepted. Um, but I guess, you know, I just like that our arguments are not so friggin' long anymore. Oh God. Yes. You and I both have been like getting way better at not being so defensive and not blaming each other for so many things. And there are definitely some feelings that I had years ago that I was really blaming on you. And as if there was like some like character flaw with you or some defect with you. Yeah. But it's like I it just took a while for me to understand like it wasn't you. It wasn't me but it was also both of us. It was just like the trauma that was informing right. how we were feeling about each other. That really helped me a lot when I started to recognize like, it's not you that's doing, you're not trying to make me feel bad. Mm -hmm. This, the thing that we're going through, isn't you trying to make me feel bad or hurt me. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew in my mind always that I wasn't trying to hurt you. And it helped me really come to realization that like, this is our, our baggage, our trauma, the mm -hmm. things we're carrying from our past. It's our past interacting and just having like a negative effect that especially like in our conflicts, it's just like, okay, I'm feeling my past right now. Mm -hmm. You're feeling your past right now. Like, let's just take a breath. Let's yeah. step and there's out of that. A, I think know? there's a lot of compassion there for yeah. each other in yeah. that area. Okay, so what we're going to do next is we've given you a bit of our history and experience with therapy individually and together. And now I want to talk a bit about a couple of the modalities that we've had experience with in this season of therapy for us. Um, and then I'll just add a couple extra that I'm familiar with and just share like what we liked about them. And really my goal with this is to give you guys an understanding that there that there's a huge huge buffet of options out there for for therapy and that there's not like a one size fits all. Not every therapist is trained the same. I mean, therapists are so different, like so different in their training and their personalities. And so I think actually number one, if you are not driving with a therapist that you're working with, like I promise you there's going to be a good one out there for you. Just keep looking. But also um, if you haven't started looking, this hopefully will just give you a, a sense of some options that you can start to pursue. Because I know for me, it sort of was like one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And so, yeah. So the first kind of therapy that you and I both had experience with together was called CBT therapy. Cognitive. Behavioral. Behavioral conditioning. CBT. Not oh, C T. Uh, therapy. <laughs> not to be confused with CBD oil. <laughs> which is for chilling out. So CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's that's the kind of core training that pretty much every therapist gets when they're in school. In CBT therapy, it the goal is just to change the patterns of thinking or behavior that we have, and then ultimately that is supposed to help change the way that we feel. 
And so our experience, um, our first experience in counseling as a couple was more oriented towards the CBT therapy. We thought it was good, but like we already said, we eventually moved on to another therapist on the road. And our second therapist together was the one that we found the most fruit and freedom from. And the training that she had, that she wor- has worked with us in and continues to work with us in, um, are, do you want to list them? So EFT, which is emotional focused therapy, mm-hmm. has to do with helping two people connect uh, and deal with the way that they attach to one another. So not to be confused with EFT, the emotional freedom technique, which is this sort of alternative kind of healing yeah healing modality using some kind of tapping yeah like this tapping solution yeah so emotionally focused therapy is focused on the negative communication patterns in a relationship dynamic as well as attachment bonds nice so another method that our therapist uses with us in couples therapy, and I think used more so in the beginning, is the Gottman method. And so this one is very research-based, again. And this one, um, I feel like, is awesome for conflict. They've done a ton of research into how couples manage conflict and even how that can predict divorce in the future. And so they actually have a bunch of books and resources that we can link below. But one of the books that we read was The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And a lot- I always get that name wrong. (laughs) I know, it's pretty cumbersome (laughs) and long. But anyway, so our therapist has used that method with us, which I think has been a really nice structure and framework. I don't think it doesn't go as deep as like trauma focused. It's not trauma focused. And so if you have trauma in your history, like it's not going to help address that. And it's it doesn't work super deeply with emotions and like help couples kind of connect at that deeper emotional resonance level. But I think it gives a great framework and structure for like these are the things that will destroy your relationship and these are the things that won't. And then it can help guide you to go deeper from there. A good relational playbook. Mm, there you go. Then on the individual level, um, the the main modalities or um, methods that our therapist has used with us, um, I mean, there's probably a whole lot more that I don't even know that she's using, but probably. the things that she's explained to at least me before, and I think you as well, is somatic therapy, mm-hmm. EMDR, and probably cognitive behavioral yeah probably just that and i'm sure there's like a whole bunch of others as well that she brings in i know like in a couple of my sessions we've even like talked a bit about like the deep existential stuff of like meaning of life and death and you know Mm. it's kind of big but i think the ones that i found a lot of freedom and like healing from have been the somatic and the emdr and what's EMDR? So the EMDR is the one with the bilateral stimulation. And so that's where you'll go back into a painful or traumatic memory. And then there'll be some kind of um, sensory input, whether it's like her moving her finger back and forth and you track it with your eyes or there's um, like little buzzers that some therapists have that will like send a vibration into one hand, the other, the other, the other. Ooh, that sounds nice. <laughs> um, and the idea is that you're supposed to both go into the memory, but then also track track what's happening in the present for this like short period of time. And it helps 
to, it's kind of like defragging a computer. Mm. And so that's how the EMDR works is it defrags that memory in your brain and starts to put the pieces together and allows you to store it in like, like way back in there. Because what's happening with like PTSD and trauma is that, you know, it's still coming to the present. It's like stuck in the front. Right. And in the back. And it's like these fragments of, of the traumatic, painful memory just can't get sewn together into a story so that they can get filed away for good. And wow. so that's what EMTR helps with. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I've only done it, I think, like once or twice. Yeah, same here. But I did find those experiences really helpful and valuable. And I have a friend who has done like tons of EMDR sessions and like she's just raved about it and really found so much, so much health and, and healing from that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the other like trauma focused modality that our therapist has used with us on an individual level, and it sounds like perhaps maybe a little bit more with me than with you, um, has been somatic therapy, mm-hmm. which was so fascinating. Like I had never heard about it before until, you know, six, eight months ago when she started introducing it to me. That is much more um, like soma is body and so body focused and body awareness. And the idea around this one is that our emotions, like when we experience trauma, our body like goes into like fight, fight or freeze mode. But a lot of times what happens when you're in freeze mode is your emotions kind of get locked up in that place and it actually gets like locked up in your body. In somatic experiencing and in therapy, you bring a lot of awareness to your body sensations around. So like when you're thinking about certain memories, you don't try to make meaning of it or you don't even have to like recall the whole thing, but it's more about recalling the feeling that you had and especially the physically. Yeah, like emotionally and physically. So it's kind of tied together. So Mm. it's like, okay, like, you know, where are you feeling that? And so you might notice some like, you know, your heart get beating faster and your, you know, blood getting hotter. And then you're like, oh, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling, and then it's like that anger, you feel angry, but then also you're noticing those sensations in your body. Mm. And then it's really about like slowing down and bringing awareness to your body in these different areas. And then it's that slowing down that can start to let your body feel safe to release that excess energy and that tension that was in your body. So it's kind of the best that I understand it right now. I actually really want to dive in and and do more research on this and potentially get training on it in the future because I've just found it, number one, incredibly fascinating, but also number two, very healing and helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, One kind of cool way of describing emotions that I've heard is it's energy in motion. Mm. And what happens is when just like anything, whenever you stop energy or like water, for instance, mm-hmm. you get a flood, right? It, it like comes out. And so like with emotions, if they get stuck somewhere and then you keep having emotions, eventually it comes out, it mm. boils over. Yeah. 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 So true. So yeah. true. So I think those are the main things. Oh, and the other one is um, mindfulness. Mm. It's not necessarily like a therapy, but I guess there is starting to become more of like a mindfulness-based therapy where, again, it's like bringing awareness and mindfulness to areas of your life. And I don't know. I don't understand how that works. It's like reactions versus choices. Mm, That's good. Because like 
especially with trauma, you you end up with lots of these little reactions mm. of like this person says this, your brain automatically interprets it as an attack and then you attack back versus like this person says this, it comes in, your body says it's an attack, but you're like, oh, but I understand that it's not. Mm -hmm. You don't react that way. You maybe inquire like, hey, what did you mean by this? And then you've got a dialogue instead of like mm -hmm. a downward spiral. Right, right. I'm sure there's a lot more to all of these things. But as far as our personal experience, that's what we understand right now. And um, we've definitely found all of these very beneficial. I think something important that we haven't touched on that just crossed my mind is one important thing whenever you're looking for a therapist that it's almost like a little hard to figure out at first, I would say, but you'll kind of know after working with them for a little bit is a therapist that's done their own work. And I don't mean that they've, you know, taken all the classes or even, you know, because therapists are required to go to therapy themselves for a certain period of time as well, which is important. But a therapist that's committed to their own inner healing work and that it's just a part of their daily or weekly life. You know, if you have a therapist that kind of did their schoolwork and kind of did what they needed to do to become a therapist, but then they're not committed in, to continuing to grow and learn and educate, but also like face their own inner stuff. Like you can kind of escape from your own pain by learning and reading about all of these things. But I think you'll you'll just feel a difference with a therapist who has really dealt with their own pain and struggles. But I wish that there was a way to to like be able to tell that ahead of time. And maybe there there is a way, but I don't know of it. But I can tell that our therapist has done a lot of her own work and is continually in that process. Whereas I have met other therapists or people who I'm like, hmm, very interesting that you're a therapist. Okay. Yeah, probably a different way to think about that is like how compassionate they are. Because mm. like people that have done their own work mm. and like really dig into their own traumas and hardships tend to be more compassionate when other people are going through their traumas and hardships mm. versus like people that have the head knowledge mm -hmm. can still kind of like come from a place of judgment. Ooh, that's of good. Like, Okay, yeah, just come on, get through it. You can do it. Yeah. You know, like, look, here's the steps. Yeah, that's you know, so you good. Know, versus like sitting with you mm. in it. That's a really, that's, I love that. I, I think that's a great barometer or like a great way to sort of figure it out. It's like how, how judged do you feel or how like much do you feel kind of pushed along in your process versus a therapist who can really sit with you. That's mm -hmm. really good. Well, um, I think that about wraps this up. Yep. I think that, you know, in conclusion, therapy's great. <laughs> therapy's great. Don't uh, be afraid to face your face your traumas and your stuff like and, you know, sometimes we don't even realize how traumatized we are. You know, we've mentioned a lot of different things, but you know, at home in schools, a lot of <laughs> American schools especially, but I think it's kind of a common thread. Oh, and something I do want to mention, because we've used the word trauma like a whole bunch of times. And I think the average person thinks of trauma as like this. A car accident. Yeah, like a car accident or like, you know, a, a parent dying when you're young. And mm. like those absolutely are traumatic. But trauma is really defined as just an overwhelming emotion that you were not able to fully process mm. when you had the experience. 
Yeah. You know, in the counseling world, there's like what they call big T trauma and little t trauma. And like they're both equally important, but like a big T trauma is the like a parent dies when you're young, a car accident, like, you know, the really big events that happen or even the big trauma of like having, you know, substance abuse in your home on a regular basis or like growing up in poverty. Sorry, I'm like thinking of all these things now. (laughs) Um, But like little t traumas can like equally as important and impactful in our life are the things of like always being yelled at every time that you make a mistake or, you know, feeling like you are like getting bullied in school, like maybe not like, you know, to the point of like abuse bullying, but sort of people picked on you. Like because, and if you didn't- like being centered out of the crowd. Right. And if you didn't have a safe adult to go to, to be able to process through these painful things that happen, then what what happens is these things start to mount on top of each other. And you have these overwhelming emotions that get stuck inside of you that you don't know how to process. Mm -hmm. And that's the very like basic, simple definition of trauma. So when we're saying trauma, 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 like, yes, we do have both the big T traumas, but also a lot of what we're talking about is the little T traumas in our life of just unsticking those stuck emotions. Mm. And when we say, you know, we feel like, you know, everybody's traumatized and like, you know. That's more what we're talking about. Yeah. And we're not saying it lightly. Like we mean it quite literally that everybody has some kind of even like little T trauma in their life where they're, they've had these overwhelmingly emotional experiences that they did not have a way to process. Yeah. A lot of it too comes down to like training as a human Mm. on like how to sit with and process your emotions. And I know for me, like I had none of that. And so like whatever way you're taught to cope with your emotions, unless it's like a positive, healthy way to let your emotions out, then it's probably created little teen trauma stuff in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Well, how should we wrap up today? Oh, I think you should tell us a joke. <laughs> Me tell a joke now. You said you want to be the funny one. Oh, gosh. And I would just keep interrupting you and telling you to stay on track. <laughs> why did the banana want to cross the road? I don't know why. It was a split decision. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't so bad for making it up on the spot. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. <laughs> There's a lot of good good stuff um, on this episode. Um, We're so thankful that you guys have continued to join us in this journey and listening to our podcast. Once again, just a gentle reminder of giving us reviews and five stars really helps to boost our ratings. Um, So if you do enjoy this podcast, then a great way to, to show the love is to give us a rating or a review. Um, And you can find us on Instagram at uncooked convo send us a dm watch our stories just check in we'd love to hear from you um and until next time going through it with you going through it with you that's right